Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome to another episode of the Kettleman U Podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different and I'm going to be answering some questions that you guys asked of me on social media. And I really wanted to have a personal episode come out. I know we've been talking lots about business here on Kettleman U, but some of the questions you guys sent in are incredible and I am really excited to answer them and I hope it just gives you another perspective and you can maybe learn something from the walk that I've been on. And if I can help you make one less mistake, then I think it's well worth it. So settle in and I'll repeat the question and I'll give you my answer. And so we have probably 10 or so questions that I'm really excited to answer. And let me tell you, they range everything from the wedding to money management to legacy, to running multiple businesses, kind of all of that. So let's get to the first question. Welcome back to the Kettleman U Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, and today's episode is a little bit different. Today, I am answering some questions that you guys sent in on social media, and I am really excited to talk about everything from my recent wedding on New Year's Eve to legacy, balancing life, money management, and more. So I know this is a little different than the standard conversations we have on this podcast, but I'm really excited to answer the questions that you guys sent in and show you maybe a little bit more personal side. As you know, I'm an eight on the Enneagram, so being vulnerable is something that is challenging for me. So I am trying to open up a little bit more, and if I can help you guys make one less mistake than what I did, that's a win. So I hope you really enjoy this episode and we'll get started with the first question. The first question is, what was the biggest learning opportunity in buying and selling cattle on contract as you grew? And I probably shouldn't tell this story because it's really, really embarrassing. And I'm going to give you a little bit of back detail that I think will help tell this story. So As most of you know, I have an autoimmune disease and I do pretty well right now. So I've had probably about 30 strokes is what they're telling me. And for the most part now, I have hardly any signs or symptoms and brain power wise that I don't really struggle with anything. But there was a time where things were really confusing. And when I first started buying kettle, I made some pretty grave mistakes that I learned some huge lessons. So I shipped several loads of bread cattle, eight or nine loads of bread cattle, and I actually sent the wrong cattle to the wrong customer. So half of them were bought by one customer, and then there was one load bought by a specific customer, and I sent the wrong one load of cattle. They were actually the wrong color. So he was supposed to get red cattle, and I sent him black cattle. And it cost me a feed bill. 
Luckily, the guy was really gracious. I was really embarrassed. I have no idea how I got, you know, my lines crossed. And it taught me two things. One, it taught me that I needed to be a little bit more prepared. I'm kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type of business owner. And I really got hung out to dry. I lost a ton of money on that deal. The second thing is it taught me about the people I do business with because the guy was so gracious. He was like, everyone makes mistakes. There was a lot of cattle you loaded that day. I completely understand. He still paid for his cattle because I had sent him somewhere else. And we got it all sorted out. But I really learned the power of doing business with the right type of people. And in the cattle buying world, I'm oftentimes the only female. So when I sit at a sale barn, I'm oftentimes the only female in the country. I still get questions. Can I talk to your dad? And now it's kind of funny because I have a husband, but he doesn't buy and sell cattle, as you guys know. And so when they say, can I talk to, can I talk to your husband? No, my husband does not know anything about this deal of cattle. Like you need to talk to me. And so it's really been important to me to work with really good people. And so that deal really sticks out in my head. I still have nightmares about it. And to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed that I shared it on the podcast, but it's really, really important on who you do business with. And I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned. Okay, next question. What did the timeline of starting the rancher's daughter look like? And did you sell direct beef before that? So as many of you know, I am the co-owner with Grayson Cottrell on the rancher's daughter, which is a farm to table retail store in Kalispell where we serve my family's beef. We sell my family's beef as well as other ranchers products. So we have pork, lamb, chicken, eggs, milk, honey, kombucha, jellies, jams, dog treats. Everything's local in Montana, which is one of our main points. But our biggest seller by far is the Rose Family Meats, which is my family's direct meat. And the timeline of the rancher's daughter looked really interesting because I don't share my big dreams a lot with people. And Grayson and I had spent a lot of time last spring together up and down the road. And I had shared the desire to open a farm-to-table retail store. And I remember she said, that's a really good idea. We should look into that. And I was like, I'm too busy. You know, it's fine. And then last summer, we started to look at some places to lease, and it really was coming to fruition. Well, I was in Texas at MD Anderson all last summer with my dad while I was his caregiver and support while he was fighting cancer, and Grayson found the perfect location. And I remember she called me on the phone, and she said, I found the spot. This is the rent. Let's negotiate, and let's sign the deal. And I called my then fiance and I said, I'm going to open a farm to table retail store and I need you to go down and look at the contract with Grayson. And he actually brought that up in the vows because that is pretty typical of me. And I mean, I had mentioned it to him in passing and it's not as if our relationship, I have to ask permission, but he is the support beam in our relationship. And He said, okay, let's do it. If you think this is right, you guys have run the numbers. Let's open it up. And he was really, really supportive. And then he stepped in and saved our butts, just making sure that the structure and the inside and getting the cooler and picking up meat and all that was was great. I mean, we couldn't do that without Logan and Sean. But the timeline was pretty quick. And I think that is something that people 
underestimate when they start a business. So we signed the lease early August. Well, we we looked at the property early August. We signed the lease late August, early September. And I came home from MD Anderson in mid-September. And our opening was October 8th or 10th. So less than six weeks from the day we signed the lease, we were in the building and we were operating. And to be honest, we knew nothing about running a retail store. K-Rose Company does marketing for a lot of retail stores, but there are nuts and bolts. It's a whole different company. So different payroll, different softwares, different handbooks, different pay dates. I mean, all of that. And it's a really great experience. It's been very eye-opening, but also it has given us the other side of the coin when we are helping helping retail stores. But yeah, from The day we signed the lease to the day our first customers checked out was under six weeks. And part of God's plan in all of that is my brother had 13 head of cattle in the fat pen that were ready to harvest in September. So we started out with an incredible inventory of beef that really allowed us to open it and to get started because the beef is our best seller. Next question, what is one piece of advice you would give someone looking to increase brand awareness for their ranch or on social media? Wow, I just love talking marketing and social media, and there is so many things that you can do as a business owner to increase your brand awareness, but the number one that I would recommend is go back to the who, what, when, where, why. It seems as if when we have an established business and we're making sales and we feel like we need to grow our circle of influence, get more people to know our name, we forget what it looked like when we were first hustling and when we first started the business. You need to tell people who you are, what you do, why you do it, how you do it, where you do it, and when you do it. And if you have a ranch on social media, we need to constantly be going back to those who, what, when, where, why. People buy bulls from people, not the quality of bulls. The quality of bulls is an exclamation point. People want to do business with people that they know why they feed the way. They know why they're breeding the genetics they are. They understand the how. They understand the when, all of that. And so I would go back to the basics and share those on your social media. And the other thing, too, with social media is make sure you're reading your posts out loud. If they sound awkward when you read them, they read awkward. And you don't always need a photo. You don't always need a video. We have really great luck on the K-Rose Company Facebook page asking some open-ended questions, asking people to tell us what they're doing, what they vote, how they think. Would they prefer X over Y? All of that. And so just know that if it's something you would ask in real life and you would expect a response, it's probably going to make an okay social media post. And also remember that social media is a learning game. You are going to have posts that fall flat on your face. That doesn't mean you should give up. You should continue to try. website designed logo for your business or help with social media? Did you know that K-Rose Company is a full service design and marketing company? We do everything from websites to logo designs, consulting, and social media. We'd love to support small rural businesses like yours. Reach out today at krosecompany.com backslash rural dash business dash marketing to get your quote. Okay, next question. How do you maintain 
family, health, and personal life and work with three businesses? This is a hard question for me because I feel as if I epically fail at balance. And I'm sure some of my dearest friends are going to listen to this podcast and say, yeah, you haven't called me in six months. And I really struggle with balance. I am a pedal to the metal girl in everything I do until I am completely laid up. This is something I'm working on changing. And again, we're getting pretty personal here. My husband and I would like to start a family within the next year. And I don't want to be a mom who is a workaholic because I am choosing work over my family. I'm certainly going to work. I love to work. Cattle Menu, K-Rose Company, and The Rancher's Daughter bring so much spark to my life. I love it. I truly feel like I am doing exactly what God called me to do. But God also called me to be a wife and a mother. And I'm very excited for that journey in my life. For those of you that know me well, I've wanted kids my whole entire life. And so I actually have started to be pretty intentional about preparing our life for children. Another thing that is a little personal is we have submitted a foster care application because we want to foster and hopefully foster to adopt. And so there is a chance that we could have children in our home sooner rather than later. And I just realized the way that I work now is not acceptable. And one of the things that I do to maintain balance, again, that's it's not the best word because there is no balance. I, I work way too much. Like, let's be honest. I am still hustling after eight years is to me, weekends don't have to be Saturday and Sunday. And so I do a lot of appointments or self-care during the week that allows me to take a half a day. And that means I might work half Saturday. My spouse is also, um, they run a force management company. And so he is also a worker. And he is a fire chief on a volunteer department. And so just a couple weekends ago, he had several house fires in a couple days. So like his weekends were taken up too. So I just know that I have to have some time. The other thing that I do, which adds a teeny bit of balance, is I have a treadmill desk. I would be happy to send you guys photos if anyone's interested. I have an automatic desk that stands up if I want to walk on the treadmill. And I just ordered myself a Peloton for my 31st birthday present. And I have to go to bed each night knowing that I didn't get my to-do list done. And I really prioritize sleep. That is something that's really important to me. The other thing is I try to go to bed when my spouse goes to bed. That is when we have the best conversations. We have roommates living with us, which we absolutely love. But it allows us to pray together and have some really great conversations. But we have to go to bed at the same time or I'm probably asleep. So I don't have balance. Moral of the story, I don't have balance. In the near future, we would like to add children to the mix. So I'm trying to be very intentional about my routines, about my habits, about the work that only I can do. I have an incredible support staff, both at The Rancher's Daughter and at K-Rose Company and Kettleman U., The team that I have right now is 
amazing. I mean, I'm so honored to be a part of their journey. And I hope that they feel the same way about the other team members that I do, but I fully can trust them. I know exactly that they are going to do what they say and they're going to cover for me, which will allow me to step back when time's needed. But the balance is not there yet, but I am constantly working on it. What is the best advice you've been given from another entrepreneur? Wow, I have a lot of really good advice that comes to my mind a lot. And one that I keep going for right now, well, a couple, I'll talk about a couple, is go for no. So that's a book. But I did hear someone tell me, an entrepreneur tell me that, is the worst thing that they can say is no. If you don't ask, the answer is automatically going to be no. So you might as well ask. And I use that all the time. Like if I have to call someone and I'm a little bit hesitant or I have to make a cold call or I have to call someone to follow up about a proposal and I'm human too and I get a little nervous, I'm like, the answer is no. If I don't call them, if I don't reach out, the answer is already no. So that's something that someone gave me that piece of advice. The second piece of advice that I've been given is no one can take away from you your integrity. They can take every other piece But doing work with integrity in all aspects of life is something that no one can take away from you. And the last piece of advice that I was told recently that I've really been considering is not everything you do has to be income producing. Like you are allowed to have some hobbies that give you some creative freedom. And I am a creator. I love to create. And I don't have to monetize all of those. I can do some of them because they light my soul on fire, not because they're good business moves. Next question. How do you manage money differently now than when you were getting started in your businesses? Well, man, this is a great question. And again, probably a little embarrassing. So if I never publish this episode, you guys know why. No, I'm just kidding. So when I first started my business, I lived on credit cards and no one told me that I shouldn't have credit cards. So one of the major differences now is we don't have credit cards. We have one travel card that has a $2,000 limit, which as you guys know, in the spring when we're going to multiple bull sales, that card does nothing. And everything else is done with cash. If I don't have cash, we don't do it. And That was a huge change. The other thing is, is I've hired a really good support team on the bookkeeping front. So some of it internal with our office and support, but also we've brought in some contractors and some some people who really understand numbers. And they are talking about how much work we're booking and what projections look like. Never before in my life have I had projections. And I always had the mentality as an entrepreneur that I could just work harder. I can outspend my stupidity. I can just work harder, book more clients. And that was a feeling that I didn't want to be in. And so we have made some substantial changes in the business. And at some times it is a little harder. You know, we might take an extra 15 or 30 days to pay someone. And sometimes we're waiting on a client to be able to pay someone. And there is some challenges there, but I've realized that borrowing money is not something that I am interested in anymore and I would like to become debt-free in the business. 
And so because of that, I kind of had to stop the leak. So that's one major thing that we do differently now in business than we did before. And you got to get really good support. You got to be intentional and you have to realize that it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you can't manage it, it's never going to be enough. What support systems do you have in place for when things get hectic? Another really good question. So one of the supports that I have is my spouse. He will leave work at the drop of a hat, which I know he can't always do that. He's a wildland firefighter. And so we're coming up on what he predicts to be a pretty busy summer here in Montana. But when it is their slower season and I text SOS, he is there. No matter what, as long as he can get away, he's there and he is really willing to take some some weight off my shoulders. I do laundry every two weeks, which everyone is going to be like, what? But I have a ton of clothes and I wear very similar clothes every day. So I do laundry and I you know, just spend one day every two weeks getting laundry done. I do hire a housekeeper to come in and help. I go get my hair blown out once a week. Again, we're talking about systems, so some of these sound funny without context, but I get my hair blown out once a week. It costs between $30 and $50, and I have probably washed my hair twice myself this whole year. It is one of the best investments. It really helps with the systems. I meal plan for the entire month, and I order groceries on Sunday for the meals that I have planned, and we don't deviate. If I want to eat out, I have it written on a whiteboard that says eat out. I'm a huge believer in brain dumping. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that. And the other thing too is I ask myself, what is going to move the needle forward in the businesses today? What is something only I can do? And what is the worst thing on my list? And how can I do that first? How do you handle when you put a lot of time, effort, investment into a project and it doesn't turn out as planned? I can almost read the disappointment in that question, but. I am a big believer that everything happens for a reason and that everything, I see a lot of God winks in my life, especially when I look back, of course, when you look back, it's 2020, right? Hindsight's 2020. But I see a lot of God winks and one of the biggest God winks is anytime something doesn't turn out the way I want, it's for a bigger picture. And so it's okay to be disappointed. I allow myself one day to be sad and then I say, or disappointed or frustrated or angry. And then I say, tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to have a really great day tomorrow. And I just wake up and go. I think it was Annie F. Downs in our recent podcast. She said on a picture on the wall next to when she walks into her bedroom, it gave a phrase that really got her thinking about the next day and something she was excited for. And I often do that too. Like I try to allow myself to feel, but then allow myself to move on and realize that not every idea that I can have is a multi-million dollar idea and the time's already spent and the effort's already spent. So let's, instead of wasting more time and effort being upset, let's move on. Next question. You work with a lot of family and friends in your business. What do you like about it and what are you working on to make it work better? Well, number one, I have a very love-hate relationship with it because I feel as if family is really, 
do or die. And no one loves my business like I love my business. And no one loves the rancher's daughter like Grayson and I love it. No one loves the ranch like my dad loves it. My brother and I are close, but we're not quite there. And so it's really challenging when you work with friends and family because there is this fine line. Something we do in our family is we'll say, tonight we're not talking about business. Um, I'll say that with my spouse. Sometimes I have to remember with my friends who also work for us that there is time to be friends and there is time to do work. And one thing that works well for Grayson and I, at least I'm going to say it works well for me, I'll let her answer differently if she disagrees, but we plan events together. We're great friends. She was in my wedding. Um, We do things in the summer that are not work-related. So we are planning a trip to Arizona, and we are doing some things that are not based around work, and so we can have a little bit of play in our life, and that helps us keep the balance. The other thing with family and friends is I have to be firm, I have to be honest, but I have to hold them to the same thing that I would hold an employee, and we're really lucky. I mean, in the store, we have Logan's mother's our manager, Brenda, and Logan is Grayson's boyfriend. And then my mother-in-law, Cindy, she helps out when needed. Sean and Logan have really stepped into the rancher's daughter. Obviously, I work with my dad and brother on the ranch. And inside Kettleman U, I would call every team member a friend. I hope they would consider that about me. But for example, Jordan, who is the Kettleman U manager, she is coming to Montana this summer for ranch camp twice and for the K-Rose retreat. And I was able to tell my niece and nephew tonight that Jordan was coming to town and they are just as excited as I am, which leads me to believe that when you surround yourself by really great people, even though these team members who I'm not their forever job, and I hope that when they move into their next job, I get to cheerlead them, you know, kind of like throw them up into the air and make it even better. But it's really important to be surrounded by really good people and the team that we have, family and friends and team members. They're just incredible people, and they all are on the same mission, which really helps. Hey, ladies. Are you looking for a way to gain confidence when it comes to working cattle? This summer, we're hosting the first ever She's a Hand Ranch Camp in Montana. Our goal is to create a low-stress environment for you to learn the skills you're expected to know but never taught. You can join us on either May 25th through 29th, or July 28th through August 2nd. Each camp is limited to 15 spots, so don't wait. You can grab your ticket today at the link in the show notes. We hope to see you there. Next question, how do you involve your spouse in your business? This was really hard for me at the very beginning, and part of the reason, to be completely honest, I started to involve Sean more in my business is because I wanted to be more involved in his business. And one of the things that we do almost every night is we pray for all K-Rows team members, all current customers, past customers, and future customers. And we pray for every single person that walks through the doors of the rancher's daughter that day. And that really started to connect us. And then that's just on my team. And on Sean's team, we pray for his team members any of the people that they're working for, have worked for, will work for. And of course, we're praying for safety as they are firefighters. But 
that just got us really starting to talk about what was happening with our employees, what our goals were. I'm very big. We do a goal setting retreat. My spouse and I do where we talk about our goals, where we want to be. We set a ton of goals. We break it down on how we're going to change all of the things and just started opening up. And I have really lucked out with the spouse that God has picked for me. And he is an incredible sound system for the things I need to work out. And he is incredibly organized, which is not me at all. And so he came into the rancher's daughter just this last week and reorganized all our shelves and helped me count inventory. And he definitely, my weaknesses are his strengths. And so I have learned to ask his opinion, to not really vent, but talk out situations with him, to pray with him, and to just know that two are truly better than one. And I don't want to sound corny, but together we bring more to the table than we would single. What is the biggest difference slash challenge between your mostly remote business and a brick and mortar business? I think the biggest difference is overhead. So, of course, the brick and mortar has a lot more overhead than the online business does. And so that is a big difference. Two is I think it's different when someone is front facing for customers. So in the brick and mortar, it's really important. Customer service is really, really important to us. And on the online business, I handle a lot of the customer service because if someone is unhappy or someone has questions, they usually get directed at me. And so I'm able to help and support them. And so it's just a little bit different. I love both of them. But I do feel like we got pretty spoiled with a remote business, but I do miss some of the connections like the goal setting in-person quarterly meetings that we get to have at the Rancher's Daughter. I wish we could do that with K-Rose, which is why we have a yearly retreat. This person's really throwing me under the bus. Now that you're almost 31, if you could give one piece of advice to someone in their 20s, what would it be? Don't postpone joy and don't break promises to yourself. Two things that I have shared on Instagram stories recently that are so, so true. Don't wait until the business is bigger. Don't wait until you have more money. Don't wait until the kids sleep through the night. Don't wait until they go to school. Don't wait until it's summer. All of those things. Like, don't postpone joy. And if you've told yourself that you're going to do it, you got to stick with it. You cannot break promises to yourself. What is making you happy slash excited right now outside of work? Well, most of my life is work. So let me think about this. Oh, it just happened today. So it's perfect timing for us to record. I adore my niece and nephew, Jason and Ellie. For those of you who follow me on social media, you know that they are the light of my life. I am slightly worried that I'm going to think they're cooler than my own children when I have them. But I really wanted to plan some things with them this summer because I know they're growing up. Jason's seven, Ellie's four, and I don't want to miss out. So they get to come be with us in Kalispell for about a week in July, and they're going to do swimming lessons while they're there, and I'm thrilled. I'm just so, so excited. I'm really honored that my sister-in-law trusts me enough to take her kids. It's a four-hour drive one way, and... They are thrilled. They're so, so excited. And man, it's just bringing me a lot of joy. They love to go to the fire station with Sean. 
And they're really instrumental in my creative process, just asking them questions and doing work with them. And so I really wanted to have them in Kalispell for some of the summer. And I'm so glad that it worked out and it just fit in perfectly. Next question, what does legacy mean to you? So, wow, this is a really good question. And I actually get a little emotional when I think about legacy because I often tell my older brother, I hope our kids are ranching together and chasing their dreams. And it's something crazy to think about that my hope, one, is to have happy and healthy kids that do whatever their hearts desire. But I want to pass on the love of agriculture and I want to gift them the ability to enter into the market and be able to work with their cousins and siblings because one of the best things that I get to do is have my brother as a sounding board and as a partner and all of that is I tell people all the time, you know, he's truly one of my best friends. We have extreme differences and there's no nothing I could do to re- replace or to compare to the work that he's put into the operation, the hours and the man lab- labor. But I think we just reached this really sweet spot as adults where we realize, one, we don't want to do it without each other. And two, we each bring something unique to the table. And having that relationship is something that I strongly desire for my kids. And I hope that being able to ranch with their cousins, being able to ranch with their siblings, being able to run a company, being able to be self-employed, being able to have the flexibility to take care of each other and to set our own schedule and all of that, that's what legacy means to me. So it's really important to me and it kind of gives me chills to think about. How was the wedding? Next question. The wedding was everything we dreamed of and more. I am constantly speechless. And the biggest thing that I took away from the wedding is how incredible our friends and family are. And for those friends and family listening who showed up to the wedding and really helped, we cannot thank you enough. I know the thank you notes aren't out. They're sitting on my coffee table. I promise I'll write them and send them. But we are the luckiest people. I mean, I was doing a budget-friendly wedding, and I actually took my dad for follow-up appointments right before the wedding, and so our timeline kind of got a little short for setting up and things like that, and I we had aunts and uncles, grandparents, great-aunts, friends, siblings, in-law, I mean everyone, just show up and say, what can we do? My aunt and uncle, Bruce and Allison, my dad's sister and her husband, They walked into that venue, that fairgrounds, on Wednesday. I think they came in on Wednesday, or maybe it was Thursday. And it was just this big concrete building. And my Uncle Bruce looked at me and said, let's do it. What do we got to do? And we, I mean, it was beautiful. It was great to see everyone. That was my favorite part, is everyone talks about intimate weddings. I would have 100% missed having everyone there. And... We're just so lucky to have the friends and family, and it was perfect. We got married at the Lutheran Church. We did the reception at the fairgrounds, and to be honest, we made it kind of a four-day event. We set up on Thursday. We had dinner on Thursday. We 
finalized setup on Friday. We had the rehearsal on Friday night, wedding reception on Saturday, and then on Sunday we did a brunch, and then we did a family dinner that night. So we really milked all the time with family being there and just super lucky to start a marriage with such a solid support system. When would you recommend a business partner for a new venture? I think that having a business partner allows each one of you to stay in your strengths. One thing that took Grayson and I a little bit of time to figure out is like who's accountable for what and who's responsible for what and whose plate does that fall on. But now that we we are in the motion again, the business is only eight months old and so we have a lot to learn. But it is nice to say she's much better at that than I am or she can handle that and I'm going to stay in my own lane. And so I think if you want to start a business with a partner, make sure that you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's. Also make sure that you're both willing to put in the sweat equity and have goals and crush goals and know that it's okay if the partnership doesn't last forever. There are reasons and seasons for everything and it's perfectly okay if it's a lifelong partnership or if it's a partnership for a season and so both are great options. What is an accomplishment that you are most proud of lately? I think one of the accomplishments that I am the most proud of is my commercial cow herd which sounds kind of funny but I grew up in a family that had 100% of their income derived from agriculture, but my dad didn't have like a commercial cow calf herd. He really focused on stalkers and buying and selling cattle. And this has really, this herd has been a passion project for me. And I don't get to dedicate nearly as much time as I would like to, but I drove through the cows tonight and man, I'm just really proud of that set of cows. Okay, I think that is all the questions. Sorry, this was kind of a long episode, but I'd really love to know some feedback. Was this something that you enjoyed? Did you like this more personal episode? We have about a month left of this season of the Kettle Menu podcast before we will start the next season. And so I'd love feedback about how this personal episode sounded if you enjoyed it, all of that. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Please take time to rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really does help this podcast to be seen. And I love to see all of you sharing it in your stories. Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember the grass is greener where you water it.